Hello and welcome to the Idiot Book Nook. My name is Blazing, my pronouns are they, them. I am the Reading Dragon, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Lady Punnett, my pronouns are primarily she, her, they, them. Today is a day. Sorry, today is a what kind of day? A they, them kind of day. Gotcha. And I'm pretty shy. My pronouns are also she, her, with a sprinkle of they, them. Today is a her day. Welcome to our discussion portion for chapter three of The Thief from the Queen's Thief series, Megan Whalen Turner. But first, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can do so at lanktr.ee slash idiotbooknook. You'll be able to find links to our podcast, to our Twitch, to our YouTube, all of that glorious stuff. And you'll be able to see what we're all individually up to on our individual socials. So, tell me guys, chapter three. So, plot-wise, not much has happened. It's like, it's continuing to be a traveling thing. However, even though nothing in the plot has happened yet, we're getting a lot of interesting characterizations from the party yep. as a whole. So, first and foremost, that we continue with the people that pull, like this veteran. He, he knows what's up. We found out that he's a very light sleeper. Uh... And the way they're keeping and making sure the thief doesn't go away is they're having him chained to Pole's bed, and the only way to get him off the chain is to literally have Pole off of the bed. Yep. We also have a very interesting rivalry, almost, between the two apprentices, uh, Ambedeus and Sophos. Yep. Because Sophos, so far, seems to be more of the academic, slightly passive mindset, where he doesn't mind helping out the thief. He doesn't mind. He has a very good knowledge about botany. Um, but Ambiates. Uh, Ambiates. He apparently actually is nobility, which our thief found to be shocking, because... That's a rare thing to find, apparently. So, go ahead, Critter. I was going to say, actually, his botany was shit. His botany was shit. Yeah. Uh, it, like, he seems to be, like, he's there because he has to be. Kind Who, of. Ambiades? That, that's, yeah, that's the feeling I get from him. That he's there doing the apprenticeship because he has to. Doesn't actually care about what's being taught to him. So, yeah. that makes me wonder. We have Sophos, who's willing to help out our protagonist, who has mm -hmm. a decent understanding of botany, it looks like. Doesn't mm -hmm. out... Subject. You what? Sorry. I was going to say, or whatever, he seems to just generally be good at whatever is being taught to him. Even if it takes him a little bit on the uptake. But because mm -hmm. of that flavoring with Sophos, where he doesn't exactly outright hate our main, our main character, I'm wondering if that's going to be a traveling companion for him at some point once they break away from the rest of the group. There's a possibility. Sophos doesn't give me an antagonist. Well, okay, really and truthfully, the only one that's been outright antagonistic has been Ambiades and the Magus, I would say. and the Magnus. Both of them have been outright hostile towards our little protagonist 
for good reason. For good reason, because he is, if push comes to shove, he can be dangerous, and he has been shown to be cocky, which, I mean, in fairness, I'd have a chip on my shoulder, too, if I was in, like, a prison in solitary confinement for that long. Yeah. Giving, like, scraps. Yep. Whereas, uh, Paul and Sophos, on the other hand, although haven't been kind and caring, have been giving him, like, basic human rights, like, putting the shirt around the uh, shackles so it doesn't rub against it, uh, putting a blanket on him, so on and so forth. Yeah, they're, they're small gestures, you know, if you think, like, on the grand scheme of things, but then if you think of how they view him, that's actually, it like, it says a lot. <laughs> yeah. Tira says his bot name is shit. So it's he put the fertilizer. He put in the fertilizer without the plants. <laughs> also, it's the little things in life. Little things add up pretty quickly. They can. People forget that. Yeah. Also, with uh, Amadea, and why, why? Am try try this. Think of ambidextrix. Can you say that word? Ambidextrous? Ambidextrous? Yeah, think of that. Ambiates. Ambiates. Alright. Ambiates... I know you said that you got the feeling that Ambiates didn't want to be there. So, I have a theory. So, I think Ambiates did something that pissed off his father. And this is either a chance of redemption where you survive this, you learn from Magus, uh, and I will welcome you back. Or it could just be a punishment like you have disappointed me one too many times. This is your last chance to make something of yourself before I disown you out. Yeah, I that could definitely be something in the in the works for him. I also get I also got a slight impression of, of who followed Game of Thrones at all. Are you used Sam, to? like in the very like at the very beginning, Sam, the guy that gets sent to the wall to his, yeah. his father because it's that or I shoot you. Yeah, you know, like because the only be reason bad, why yeah. he's still alive is because they're nobility and he can't afford to lose a possible heir. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a possibility because if so, depending on how the hierarchy here works, if it's mainly a patriarchal society or if it's matriarchal, if he's like the only son. I could see that because the if if this is well if this is very Greek I mean we're talking about yogurt and olive branches and as we know Greeks uh, the men and the son carried on the name so yeah so, there, I mean, he did say a... like he did say like something about like like the only reason is that or his father kills him or how I can't remember exactly how it was told but yeah I think it was said, like, not if his father had something to say about it. Magus is a dick, man. Magus is a dick. Like, like even... had this lunch packed for, uh, packed for our protagonist? Fucking took it. Wouldn't feed him, you know, lunchtime. Had to wait until, I think it was later in the evening. And then fucking took his share of the food and split it amongst everybody else, despite the fact that they'd already eaten. 
I think, okay, so hear me out. Playing devil's advocate here. Magnus might have thought that the thief might have done a bit of tomfoolery or spoken in like thieves can't. So he might have done the whole splitting of the food to make sure there wasn't anything in it to make sure he, he couldn't get away. He, like, could have checked, he could have checked it over and given it back. He chose not to. Oh no, I agree. He did that. He did the whole splitting of the food. It's a, it's a power. He's very much likes to feel like situation. Yeah, and absolutely. And he does not like the fact that he needs to rely on the thief for stealing something. I think, too, there might thinking... be a worry that if he treats the thief with any sort of, I don't know, human decency or whatever, um, then the others around him could start treating him that way. And if they plan on using him as a, like, a throwaway scapegoat, having the party attached to the scapegoat is not conducive to scapegoating. Well... Well, then, why would he have waited until they were out of eyesight of the town where he got the meal from in the first place? Because they, they packed him, the, uh, the landlady packed him the lunch, gave it to him. He hooked it onto the, onto the, you know, the side of the horse, onto the saddle, where the saddlebags go. They specifically waited until they were out of view of the town. Because that would have been viewed as rude by the townspeople and so noted it would have made an impact, I think. And he wants to and try and not leave any sort of impact. But if they wanted to create this divide, that would have been the perfect opportunity to do it. Yeah, could yeah, also be something think, he thought of later. I think it's more of a case of... So I don't know how well the Magnus is known. Like, I, I think it's like one of those cases... So, for example... All right. Uh, everyone knows what the president and vice president, right? I'm not sure if the Magnus is of the similar thing where he has like some well-known thing where people look like, oh, hey, isn't that the Magnus of the king? That's neat. Welcome. I mean, he so, definitely gave the impression that he doesn't want people to notice their passing. Yeah. yeah. And if they do something out of the ordinary, that's something to Dragon can't say anything because she's already read the book. That's right, you shush you. I mean, I could go read ahead. <laughs> I'm not reading ahead. I'll listen to the narration on my YouTube channel. <laughs> I mean, I definitely like, 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 like thanks, Graham. Uh, Lady Punnett is definitely right in terms of like actual plot advancement. You know, they got from like point A to point A point five, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. but there was definitely a lot of nice tidbits that fed you, like you know, like people's backgrounds, how they all interact with each other, where they sit in terms of like social hierarchies, we, and just we see dynamics coming into play and character development, and this is basically the exposition portion of the book. Yeah, yeah, without it feeling like a forced exposition. It's yeah, being yeah, you guys know what I mean. What do you guys think? So, both Sophos and Amades, Amade, Ambiades, Ambiades. I'm just gonna start calling him Amy at this point. Both Ambiades and Sophos are both the apprentices of the Magus. Ergo, most likely one of them will probably take over for him 
once he like steps down or stuff, right? I think they were saying that Sophos was the one a that was supposed to be like taking over the Mangus's mm-hmm. uh, footsteps or whatever. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not sure if it's just because we haven't seen enough of interaction between them, but I'm not kind of relationship they have. Like, I'm not getting full-blown, like, rivals because Embedae... Amy is just giving me vibes of, like, I'm here because... Wait, because what? Sophos is... He's giving... So he's giving me vibes of, I'm here because I have to be. Fair. Where Whereas Sophos is giving me, I'm here to learn, I want to learn, just let me absorb everything you are teaching me. I agree. So I'm not sure what kind of relationship those two have. Because Sophos, from what I've seen, if I was in that situation, I would find it really infuriating to have this person who is in a similar position to me almost throwing it away and not putting it to the fullest. But Sophos isn't giving me that impression. But it could also just be in his character to be more timid and not want confrontation, as we saw with him bringing the horse to our thief. There. So close is being, and he needs to be protected. Yeah, well, I get, I'm yeah. getting that vibe too. He's definitely the he. He gives the feel of somebody that's still, that's down to earth, hasn't been jaded by his position mm-hmm. yet. Um, and I think probably the reason why he doesn't seem to have any like real outward animosity towards Ambiades is probably for two reasons. Uh, one, they're not actually after the same job. Mm-hmm. And two, while Ambiades might not be, um, say, his equal in terms of academics, he's definitely higher up in social standing. That means that he couldn't say shit if he had a mouth full of it. And he just seems, in general, like the kind of person who's going to be inclined to think the best out of someone first, rather than the other way around. That's the impression I'm getting. I wonder if the reason Ambiades hasn't been throwing around the fact that he's a noble is because he's on thin ice. Like, I'm getting kind of the impression that, oh yeah, so he is a noble. Showing that he has, like... We didn't hear a word of that. When you talk too fast. Stop it. Uh, so with Ambiades, he hasn't been giving me like the full treatment. It's it's not like he's trying to hide it, but it also feels this might just be me inferring. It feels like he can't. Like maybe he's in a situation where his like going with the theory that this is his last chance, regardless of what happens. If I say too much about my father and he finds out about it, then I'm going to be in more trouble than what it's I'm also curious to know how long it's going to be until he starts throwing that around. Because characters like that inevitably always throw that shit around. Uh, Bliss says he couldn't say shit if he had a mouth full of it is definitely a quote. Um, but no, I'm, I'm wondering how long until he starts throwing that around, because you don't just put a character like that in. A character like that is usually there to either be an asshole or to solve a problem. Or to create one. No spoilers. 
I'm just adding that little tidbit that you forgot. Yeah, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. Okay, alright, I think, so, I think Ambiades actually tried to throw around some of the noble th stuff. Because in the beginning of the chapter, remember, he was referred to as Useless the Elder. Apparently, the innkeeper's wife wasn't impressed with him for some reason. So, he might have tried to shoot his shot and maybe brought up the nobility thing and she was just like, Oh, you're noble. Like the nobles that put my eldest or youngest in prison? Yeah, Eat your scoop and leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would, uh, yeah, Whereas, it definitely gave that feel. Yeah, so maybe he tried that and it didn't work and he sees that this person, the thief, who he views as someone beneath him, get a smile out of the innkeeper and like have her be nice to him and he's only just like smiled and asked for like some twine to pull his hair back i'm wondering if there's any relationship between the landlady and our protagonist just kind of wandering off on a tangent thought well there's a possibility i mean i think she might have felt a kinship towards him because of the fact, like, oh, you were in prison. One of my children is in prison, too. I hope not bad. Here's some food, because you look skinny. She gives me mom vibe. You know what? Yes. Absolutely yes. But also, but also... also she got them mom vibe. I'm also getting the vibe of if we were to look past it, maybe it's not just mom vibes. Maybe... Because he was looking for friends in the city. Yeah. One friend he tried calling out to. This could be a chance for him to try and see about finding the Thieves Guild. Because we haven't determined for sure if there is one or if he's even part of one. Mm -hmm. He's giving me very lone wolf, I work alone vibes. He did but say apparently... himself he was a hierarchy of one. Mm-hmm. But he was apparently, according to the two apprentices, he was planning to show the sigil ring or whatever it was to somebody. So I would assume that would have to be to somebody of, like, some importance or a guild or something. We also found out that the Magus, while being an dick? asshole, well, yeah, while being an asshole also cares about the way that our protagonist looks. He grabbed him while he was bathing himself and was like, there's still fucking dirt. Clean it. That might be more of a I care how he looks bad on me Yeah, not, that's what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a part of it's not so much a care for the person so much as of a care of maintaining the image that they're just an ordinary group passing by. Mm-hmm. There's also a bit of playfulness between our protagonist and I think it's Ambiades when he fucking took the porridge bowls and switched them. I think that was Sophos. Oh, sorry, Sophos. Yeah, I think it was Sophos. Which gives me the impression of early on sibling almost mm -hmm. 
Yeah, they they do feel like they could easily slip into that sibling sort of friend relationship. Yeah, because I, I could see that happening, especially because there is... It's a very popular dynamic to have, like, an old thing that's kind of jaded, has a chip on their shoulder, and a younger, slightly more naive... Yep. Uh, which self sibling. Yeah. Which, it can bring a dynamic of either the younger one becomes jaded and has a chip on their shoulder, or the older one starts to embrace of, I know there's shit going on, but I know that not everyone's evil and out to get me. Ironforged, you're welcome. Very welcome, buddy. I hope your day goes well. Also, also, do we want to take bets on who's going to die? I don't want to. I think it's a little too early for that. Um, but I think we can definitely start doing that at some point. Um, Bliss oh. says also the whole I'm a tool, not a person quote at the end of the chapter. Uh, Magus yeah. wants his property to be clean. Yeah, definitely. Well, that yes, uh, very accurate. Um, oh, Graham, so it's like how businessmen don't want their cars to be dirty when they're going to meetings. But well, actually, that brings up an interesting point. So people, CEOs and stuff, want to make sure their cars are like in pristine condition whenever they're traveling. But say the owner of like a contractor stuff, they don't bring fancy cars to meetings because then they don't want to think that they're charging the people mm -hmm. hired them so yes it's important to have a clean tool but to ha but if the tool looks too clean it looks unused and if it looks unused, you have to question the experience the magus is a tool yeah the magnus is a tool he's a pristine tool which makes me wonder how capable he is to carry out this mission that dagger oh i think there's a very very vicious bitch under all of that pristine then again oh no doubt it also wouldn't be the first time that we've read a book together where somebody that i've thought is an asshole has actually turned out to be not so bad in the long run yeah are you referring to bartimaeus <laughs> yep sure am bartimaeus was a dick chaotic grumbling piece of shit who turned out to be really actually kind of caring so in the end <laughs> yeah in his own way in a way that only a demon can care yeah yep. uh what else we got but it, well so once again Paul didn't say much Paul our like lone soldier man but he also put on a bit of a teacher role when teaching Sophos and indirectly, but maybe a bit directly, our thief on how to ride a horse. Mm -hmm. However, unlike the Magnus, who does it very vocally and it's like, yes, I'm going to teach you the way I was taught, like in a classroom. He's like, put your hand out. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to show you how you're supposed to ride a horse by actually showing you what you're supposed to do. So something just clicked. The Magus's title, when translated, is Wiseman, which means he would actually be an advisor to the king. You were asking about that earlier. He'd actually probably be an advisor to the king. Yeah. Not so much. Uh, not not so much in line to or. Um, not the kind of position that would give him the sort of nor notoriety where his face would be recognizable. Probably yeah. quite the opposite. I would think the king would want him to remain a faceless figure. Yeah. Hmm. 
So. True. Anything else? It was kind of I actually have... Go ahead. Oh. Oh, no. I was saying that I didn't have anything else to say. <laughs> I actually have a thing from our... Uh, one of our listeners, the same person that talked about some of the world building aspects mm -hmm. in one of our last streams, mm -hmm. uh, they sent a, they sent me another thing. It is a let's see here. It is a world building thought from one of our previous chapters. The uncertainty Jen mentions as to whether the carvings on the lion gate are lions. Uh, it, let me start over. The uncertainty Jen mentions as to whether the carvings on the Lion Gate are lions is true of the historical Lion Gate. Archaeologists are not sure what the carvings were. The idea that they were lions date back to ancient times. With respect to the characters' names, uh, Philonites means lover of, hit of victory, Sophos means wise, clever, or skilled, and Embiades does not appear to be a historical Greek name. Ambi is a Latin prefix. The Greek equivalent is Amphi, they think. What does that uh, translate to? Uh, let's take a look. Both? Maybe. Let's take a look. Right, it's been a while since I've like looked at actual like definitions for Latin words, so... I'm taking a look at the uh, Greek equivalent. Uh, means both on both sides of both kinds or double. For the Greek equivalent. Two-faced? Or dual-purposed. Like he's right now. He's both an apprentice and an heir right now. Mm -hmm. Fair. And then uh, for the... Ambi being a Latin prefix... Yeah, kind of the same thing. Round on both sides, both from, yeah. Hmm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. That being said, this is probably going to be a bit of a shorter episode because, guys, I am wiped. Yeah. So I'm probably going to go ahead and cut off our episode here. If... Once again, you would like to join us on social media, you can do so at lanktr.ee slash idiotbooknook. You'll be able to find links to our podcast, to our YouTube, to our Twitch, to all of our individual socials. Feel free to come and follow along and see what we're up to these days. But for this episode of the Idiot Book Nook, we hope that you've enjoyed listening and following along and having uh, potentially being part of the discussion with us. I'm Blazing. I am the Reading Dragon. I'm Lady Punnett. And I'm Kittershy. And we'll see you next episode.